Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. I have on the line with me Brian and Kathy all the way from Hawaii, uh, Kauai, Hawaii, and they are going to be joining me on the air in just a moment. I want to read a little bit of scripture to get the day going today. And so I'm going to read out of 1 Peter chapter 4 and beginning in verse 1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Verse 7, but the end... Of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer, and above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Okay, so the end of all things is at hand. 
The Apostle Peter said this 2,000 years ago to his congregation, and obviously what he was referring to is the end of all things as you have ever known them to be are coming to an end. It's all coming to an end. The world that you once knew, the world of Judaism, the world as you know it, is coming to an end. And we hear today the same cry of the Spirit of God saying to us in our generation, the end of the world as you know it is coming to an end. And for me, the interpretation of that is the end of the American era, the end of national sovereignty, the end of you know, uh, American, American exceptionalism, the superpower nation of the world, the world order of things. To me, God is saying through the biblical lens by the Spirit that the end of the world as you have ever known it is coming to an end, and a new world order is coming, and that new world order is an antichrist order that will ultimately bring about the greatest tribulation in the world. And the stepping stones to get there, I think we've already taken a few steps in our generation, and I want to talk about that today. I've got some things I want to share with you on video and some other areas. But before I go any further, I want to go to our telephone line this morning. I want to put on my headphones here, and I want to welcome to the broadcast of Brian and Kathy and say good morning, Brian and Kathy. God bless you. And how are you both doing today? Good, good morning. morning. Yeah. Good morning. We're doing pretty good. It's mm. uh, the volcano is going off on the Big Island, and uh, so we get a lot of they call it VOG, and it's basically volcanic glass. So it's been wreaking havoc on our sinuses. So Kathy's got a pretty good headache this morning. So I'm not sure how much she's going to talk, but I'm sure she's going to chime in. But it's good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great to have you both there. And I would just want to explain to our listening audience that, um, as you know, when Brian and Kathy have been joining me on Facebook, YouTube, and on the video side of things, those on blog talk radio were not able to hear them this way. Uh, while we miss their beautiful faces just today until we get this worked out, um, everybody will be able to hear the broadcast, and that's that's very healthy for Blog Talk Radio. So we're, it's so good to have you both. We have a lot to talk about today. We want to continue to drill into your spirit uh, by the grace of God and ask the Lord to release some things he's been sharing with you. And then I've got some uh, important announcements to make today. So, uh, Brian and Kathy, you, have a, you just said a volcano is going off over on the Big Island. Is that correct? Yeah, it's Kilauea, but I mean, it's nothing new. It's, it's kind of, uh, yeah, well, there's an earthquake on Maui too, 4.6, 4.7. They said it was a plate shift, whatever that means. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the volcano in Kilauea, it's not something new. It's just kind of like a slow burn. It just constantly just leaks lava and the, uh, and the island grows. And, uh, you know, we are in the ring of fire, you know, which is, um, uh, you know, and you saw the volcano that went off in Tonga. And so these are just things that we expect to have happen. But it's it wreaks havoc on, on our sinuses <laughs> while we're here. So, yeah. And does it, does it mean, uh, yeah, does it mean surf is up for all the surfers out there? Uh, well, it's winter yeah. time, so surf is up on the North Shore anyways. But um, gigantic waves yeah. a few days ago. Yeah. Very big. I don't know if that's caused by the. I don't know if that's caused by the earthquake or not, but Kathy's saying no. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I pray to the Lord you guys will get out of there before the big one comes because uh, yeah. there's been too many dreams. Uh, there have been too many prophetic words over the years about a massive uh, uh, shifting of the place that would create a massive earthquake in the Pacific Ocean and um, that would create a tsunami for the West Coast of the United States and 
uh, the islands uh, would be literally devastated. So uh, we pray that that doesn't happen in your lifetime on the islands, obviously, and uh, for all the people that live on the islands. I guess they live with that threat every single day, just like the people on the West Coast have lived with the idea of a massive earthquake that's going to sink it into the sea. Um, and that just hasn't happened. So uh, rather than touting that, there have been some dreams. There have been some things that people have seen and heard. Um, all right. But while we're here, we're seeing, I was just, just, just in, in a minutes, uh, they were showing a new phenomena happening in the United States of America, carjackings, where, you know, uh, a, a car pulls up, three or four guys jump out with guns. They are in a gas station or a shopping store. And they're putting guns to people's heads, and they're getting them away from their cars. They're jumping in, stealing their car and everything in it. Uh, This is a new wave of crime that's taking place in the country. Police officers are being shot and killed in different places. We just had a 27-year-old police officer from New York dead, another one in Houston, Texas. So a new crime wave is rising. Uh, What do you make of that? What What are your thoughts about that, Brian and Kathy? Uh, more signs of the times that we're in, you know, second, what is the second Timothy? It's, uh, you know, uh, the love of many will go cold and then it goes into the descriptions of everybody's character traits during these times. Um, you know, and I, and I think that, uh, the, the scripture that I woke up that God put on my heart this morning kind of goes along with what you just read in, in Peter. And that is, uh, Philippians four, four through seven and, you know, and letting the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts. Um, you know, the day of the Lord is at hand and um, that we are noticing there's there's so much distraction. There's so much, um, you know, temptation to get reeled in. You know, there's there's a difference between being a watchman and being aware and, and, and understanding the signs of the times. But then getting getting enmeshed in all the drama and all the craziness, which is only going to increase, you know. And so it's like we need to we need to be able to walk with the peace you know, of God that guards our hearts. And and one of the things that we learn in mission school, one of the very first lessons that we learn in mission school is that, is that make sure that, that in all your decisions, you're guided by peace. You know, do I go into this village? Do I go in? Is this dangerous? Is this not, you know, what should I do? Always let the peace of God, you know, take the lead. And, And if you're not at peace, well, then that's the time to step back and maybe take a look at yourself or maybe what we, what you're doing isn't, isn't where God is actually leading, you know? So, and there's just so much confusion. But as far as the times, like what you're saying, it's like mankind is desperate. There's so much desperation for those that don't have the Lord and don't have the hope. And just the lawlessness it talks about that's going to prevail in these end times. And um, like Brian said, it's like the, the answer is the peace of God. And even in the midst of turmoil and war, I believe. Well, you know, that's very interesting, and I was just looking, talking about mankind becoming desperate. A brand-new article is out today. Even as the Omicron COVID-19 variant continues, according to this article, to sweep the globe, scientists are now monitoring a new mutation of Omicron, dubbed BA2. Uh, The World Health Organization maintains that BA2 is not a very concern, meaning there is no evidence to suggest variant 19 transmission illness severity or efficacy of vaccines and public health efforts like masking and social distancing. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you know anything about this, Brian and Kathy, about the variant and why the whole idea of this battle going on in New York and other places 
uh, for mandated masks and, you know, state Supreme Courts are making decisions and the state assembly is warring against it. And uh, we still see a little bit of contest with this whole thing. What are you, what are you hearing about this? Well, I, you know, it's, um, this is one of the reasons why they've never been able to make a vaccine against the coronavirus. Of course, the coronavirus it, is the common cold and it's, it's, um, you know, uh, and it's a respiratory virus. And so as I understand it, you know, I'm not a virologist or an epidemiologist, but as I understand what I've read, you know, th- you're going to have continued uh, mutations, which is the reason why there's, there can never be a vaccine, because as soon as you create a vaccine for one strain, it mutates into another strain. The good news is that the, the virulence of the strains deteriorate over the course of time. You know, so it may become more transmissible, but then the, the symptoms are, are, are less severe, you know. But on the other hand, I, you know, I see the narrative, you know, and, and, and I couldn't figure out during COVID why, when I would look at the charts, because comparing flu with COVID, we had, we've always had flu deaths. And if they publicize flu deaths every year, the way they do COVID related deaths, you know, I think people would have freaked out just as much. You know, we kind of would just hear in the background, well, you know, the flu can kill you, it can be deadly, you know, especially for the old and yada, 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 you know, and, um, and, you know, and they just pump this narrative over COVID, you know, but at the same time, I was watching the, the a graph of, uh, you know, COVID deaths around the world and then comparing it to flu deaths around the world, then flu almost completely disappeared in 2020, 2021, you know, and so unless, you know, COVID or comes along and, and is actually, uh, uh, you know, fighting the flu for some strange reason. Really what I think it is, is they just took all the flu deaths, you know, and, and categorize them as, as COVID deaths. And I think that's relevant today because I think you're going to see vaccine related deaths and all different types of illnesses that they're going to just categorize as, as COVID or COVID related just to keep the fear going and the narrative going. And, um, that's yeah, that's that's about my take on that. But I'm just, you know, God gave us a, 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 a spirit of power, love and sound mind, you know, and it's like we just need to just stay with him and and, and not ignore the, the the reality of the circumstances that are around us. I mean, COVID's real. Obviously, there are people that say oh, it's not real. It's not real. Well, it, it is real, you know, and tsunamis are real and volcanoes are real and wars are real and all these things that are going to happen are real. But we need to stand on the word of God. And he said, love, power, and sound mind. And if we're not going to be the only ones in the, in the last days that are standing on that, if people can't see the peace of God ruling in our hearts such that we love each other, that they, they know us by our love for each other, John 13, 35, then, then what are we, we're just, you know, we're just going to get caught up in the mix and get swept away with everybody else. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. So the supernatural power of God to sustain a people in these last days. Um, I put up on the screen right now, uh, this was very interesting to me, and I thought, you know, I'd like to share this. Um, this was a title, and this is uh, coming from the, uh, I don't know what we call this, where we get our whole internet up here, um, but it's Microsoft Edge or whatever. And one of the articles, last night when I was preparing, I was talking the end of all things, welcome to the end of the world. And uh, sure enough, in the article today is the end of the world order as we know it. And it's a huge article 
about how the end of the world is at work, and it's talking about what's moving in Eastern Europe, Western Europe, Asia, the Middle East. Uh, it goes into the American role of things, the Putin factor. Uh, it gets into the West is not enti- entirely united on Russia. It gets into China. So on this, in this uh, article, it's showing uh, the end of the world, and it, I can't get the picture up there, but it shows Putin and uh, President Xi um, shaking hands and the new world order of things. Um, how do Christians live at a time when Peter was saying, you know, the end of all things is at hand. The end of the world as you have known it is at hand, which I think turned out to be a really good thing for the kingdom of God. Um, what does it look like today living as a Christian anywhere in the world, recognizing that the entire globe is about to change and be transformed into a, a new landscape of things? How do Christians really get along with that idea? Well, I mean, honestly, it's um, I, I, I think I think there's a, a remnant that gets it, like what we talk about all the time. But, uh, you know, just your analogy for the church yesterday, that guy, the guy bleeding out of his head, you know, and then getting up and saying, I have to get out of here, just completely delirious and out of his mind. I think that describe is a really good description for a lot of Christians today, you know. And so I think and I and I think that. um you know, we're, we're trying to wake people up and trying to make people see what the word of God so very, very clearly says, but it's, it's just amazing. I, I just, I just don't get it, you know? And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I heard your frustration yesterday, or maybe it was just my own frustration with was being keyed up, you know, because, you know, you mentioned the fact that you're, you're, you're people say, Oh, you're saying the same thing over and over again. You're saying the same thing over and over again. And, and, uh, you know, I kind of feel the same way, too, about myself, you know, but the fact is, is people are hearing things, but they're not hearing and they're seeing things, but they're not seeing. And and I it's just I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by it, but I know that I just have to be that we just have to be obedient to what God is giving us to say and we have to leave the outcome to him. So on one hand, I think I think probably Based on what I see, I could be wrong, but based on what I see, I'd say the majority of the church has their heads in the sand, and and um, and I don't know what that looks like as time goes on, except for, you know, Second Thessalonians says there's going to be a great falling away, and that's going to be a major, major sign of the onset of the three-and-a-half-year tribulation. I think that... that mm-hmm, go ahead. No, please. Go ahead, Kathy. Well, I just think that I just call it like I'm not quite sure what it what we're supposed to do, but like there's got to be a paradigm shift, you know. I think in our walk with Christ, how the old thing like the old wineskin, you know, we have to have that new wineskin. And a couple of weeks ago, I woke up and I heard very clearly, "Wake up, child!" You know, I'm like, "Whoa, okay," you know. So I've been checking myself and I've been pondering this and in prayer and you know, and I know it's the Word of God and, and changing our perspective into um a heavenly perspective and and you know the whole thing the bible represents and how you know it's got to be a shift in our um the and it's got to manifest in the way we walk and and um i've just been in prayer about that and and i also that we have to be with each other the church needs each other as the body of christ not in a fake way but in a real sincere way where we all are on the same page realizing the times we're in not to panic, but like, let's build each other up. 
let's encourage one another. We all have a part in this. And it, you know, so I don't know, maybe it's going to be coming. I don't know. Well, I think you do. And I, I think God is really speaking to you. And so, some ground I'd like to cover. Um, I was actually going to be teaching on this tonight. So I think maybe I should wait on it. Um, we had an incredible Bible study last night. And we've been talking uh, at church and I believe on the airwaves about the time of transition that we are in. We're studying a little bit of the book of Joshua, how the people of uh, Israel had come out of the uh, wilderness. They were crossing over with Joshua into the promised land and all the keys that are associated with that transition. And you're talking about a paradigm shift. And the paradigm shift of coming out of everything we've known, the way we've known it, into something brand new, some brand new territory we've never been before. And it's going to require really Holy Spirit leadership to, um, to in this dispensation to steward the transition successfully of the ecclesia of God, the children of God, into what it is that God's bringing us into. And there are many different transitions. And last night we were talking about the transition from human nature into divine nature. And we were getting into the scriptures about what, what is it, uh, what are the keys necessary to actually see that transition become a reality? Because I, I fear that a lot of people who say they believe in Jesus Christ and the word of God have failed to recognize that God's eternal purpose his primary purpose for each one of us is to conform us into his image. That, you know, it's not God's ultimate desire to get us to heaven. Uh, heaven is a beautiful place and it's a beautiful reality that God has for us. But the ultimate biblical purpose of being a Christian uh, in the eternal purpose of God is being conformed into the image of the firstborn son, who is the express image of the father, thus we become partakers of the divine nature. Well, how does this work? And so yesterday we talked about, uh, in Galatians chapter 5, uh, walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, living in the Spirit, and then walking by the Spirit again, but with a different Greek word. And when you combine all of this, praying in the Spirit, the only way to have a successful uh, transition from human nature to divine nature is to be walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. And we're asking ourselves the question, are we actually doing that? And what does that look like? What does that mean? Yeah. And so, you know, talk to me about, you know, your heart about this, because what could be more valuable, eternal in its, in its power than human beings undergoing an inward transformation, a change by the power of the Spirit of God at a time when the world is just going into its oblivion? Um, this should be good news for Christians, right? One would think so, um, and I think I think we tend to give lip service to this to this truth. You know, and I actually I actually got asked to speak at a church for the very first time since we've been back last Sunday, and I talked about this the fact that the, our purpose is is to be conformed into His image. That is that heaven is not is not the goal. Heaven is heaven is a benefit, <laughs> but it's not wow. it's not awesome. but it's not the but it's not the goal. You know, and I talked about you know. Um, Corinthians three, chapter First Corinthians, sorry, First Corinthians three, chapter um, um, verse nine, where he says that we are God's, God's garden, we are His house, you know, and that, uh, you know, when I first went into missions, it was I went out trying, thinking I was going to improve the vapor in His name, you know, the James four fourteen vapor in His name, and and that's not what it is. It's like we're building God's house, and we are God's house individually in the church. 
and and that uh, our, the purpose is for us to be conformed to his image. And I just I don't know. I just I just don't think I don't think people are getting it. I don't I don't think they hear. And I think a large part of that is people want to believe. But deep down, what they want, what they really want right now is that they want their old lives to come back, you know, and they want that that false assurance, you know, uh, of just a good life, a good prosperous life. They want that back more than they want anything else. And and I and one of the things that I've learned that we've learned on on the mission field is that ultimately, you know, we we say, well, we 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 give lip service to the fact that he is the vine and we're the branches, and that and that apart from him we can do nothing, and that we need to abide in him. But, you know, the only way that we can abide in him is when we truly yearn for him more than anything else. And the only way that we truly yearn for him more than anything else is when we really come to an experiential realization that nothing on this earth will suffice. There's nothing. There is no there is no satisfaction. There is no peace in the world. There is no gratification. It's like everything that we chase after in the world is something that just increases our, our appetite for more. And it's like, it's just, it, it, we're living in a world of addicts. And anybody that really understands addiction knows that a person that does a drug usually on average has one really good experience. And then they spend the rest of their lives destroying themselves, um, you know, trying to repeat that experience, which can never be repeated again. And then and the, everything just gets deteriorated. And you finally end up like that that man in the road bleeding out of his head, getting up saying, leave me alone. I got to get out of here. I got things to do. You know, it's just, it's, it's insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. That is, that's a good definition of insanity. And again, Kathy, Bryant, jump in anytime you want to, this is about you today, but I'd like to go through Romans chapter eight, just a little bit for that individual that may be out there today. And you're tuning into this broadcast. We have a lot going on in the world around us. But our ultimate purpose and job being airwaves is to instruct, to bring instruction to, to us of what God is doing, what we should be doing in cooperation with him at this time in our lives. And so if you were not aware of this, if you've had the paradigm of, you know, my whole life is I'm saved by grace and I'm going to heaven one day and I'm going to do the best I can here while I'm, while I'm here. Well, here's what God actually says. And I, we've talked about it a little bit last night. And uh, I want to begin in verse 26. So Romans 8, 26, and this kind of sets the stage of what we just were talking about. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And if you study that out, and you go to the book of Jude, and we go to the book of Corinthians, we know that the Spirit is not outside of ourselves interceding and making groanings. This is the inward baptism of the Holy Spirit that's in us, where intercession, this is praying in tongues, this is 1 Corinthians 14, this is building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So here, Paul is writing that the Spirit itself is making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27 And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's incredible that the Spirit is making intercession for the saints, you and I, according to God's will. And we know 
Now, if you look at this, you know, chronologically here and you follow the order of it, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now we're talking about the purpose for whom he did foreknow. That's you. He also did predestinate. So we have a destination already prepared by God. So those he did foreknow, he also did predestinate for what? To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, and whom he did predestinate, then he also called, and whom he called, then he also justified, whom he justified, then he also glorified. So, Brian and Kathy, I see a pattern of, you know, Paul bringing the eternal purpose of God into people's minds that our whole journey as Christians if not to know what the end of the world is going to be alone, not having all prophecy, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, I can know all things. I can have faith to move mountains. It's definitely love. And obviously being conformed to the image of his son is being conformed to the image of this true love of God. But it's becoming like him. This is the journey, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is, you know. And, um, you know, it's, um, I had a, you know, long before Christ when I was in prison and, 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 and I actually accepted, accepted Christ and began to be discipled. And I had an experience of like the most insane supernatural forgiveness, you know? Um, and, and, you know, I, I consider that to be my, my true baptism in the Holy spirit. I mean, I spoke in tongues later on, but I consider that to be my, uh, my, um, my real baptism in the Holy spirit. And it was a baptism of love of loving the most unlovable person that should have been, uh, you know, the worst enemy that you could imagine in my own personal life, person who was trying to have me killed and set me up. And, uh, and um, it was just, it was just amazing. And, and, you know, I've been over the last two years, um, you know, we've been really looking at like our role in the church and the church, the body of Christ and where it's going and just seeing some of the, you know, the prosperity gospel and the, in just some of the hyper charismatic counterfeit stuff. And then at the same time, the cessationist things and, and the woke gospel and, and just a perversion, the Galatians one, eight and nine other gospels that are out there in so many forms now. And, and, you know, I, I personally found myself getting really frustrated and really kind of angry at times, you know, with the bride of Christ, you know, and it's been since, you know, the, the, the Lord has called us back. You know, he, he said, I'm calling you back to the United States and, and to the body of Christ and to the bride that I'm just experiencing this, this supernatural love for the body of Christ. Like, you know, and, and in spite of all our blemishes and failings and everything else, you know, it was Augustine who said, you know, the church is a whore, but she's my mother, you know? And, um, and wow. so I, I think that love is really the key, you know, and, and there's just going to be, it's going to take, um, love and it's going to take supernatural peace and supernatural patience on the part of those who understand what's going on and realizing that for whatever reason, you know, it's, it's the church is, is um, it's, it's broken in so many ways right now. And that analogy um, that you gave last night about the, the, the guy who got hit and was bleeding out of his head, you know, it's just fits so much within one of the things I was saying to the pastor on this, just this past Sunday, I said, you know, I've, I've, I've been going through and I've been approaching, um, you know, 
doctrine and, and scripture and, and, and the messages that I carry and the messages that I write and saying, you know, like as if, you know, it's I'm looking at people that are, are, are starting to set up a picnic on, on train tracks where the train is coming, you know, and it's just like I'm warning, I'm screaming, I'm like, I'm like ready to just like, hey, I'll punch you in your face if it'll save your life, you know, and just taking this approach that that get off the tracks, you know, and then but then I realized that, you know, a large portion of people of believers in the body of Christ have already been run over by a train, you know, and they're just broken and they're trying to put on their happy faces and they're, you know, Oh, I love the Lord. I believe faces and they're broken and they're questioning. And it's just, I think, I think we just all need to get really real and transparent with each other. And those of us that are really starting to see what the Lord is doing need to be really, really patient a lot more patient than maybe we want to be because I'm just like, I just want people to get it. Like, why can't you see this is like, it's so clear, but you know, if that yeah, makes this sense. Is huge. It, it certainly does. And I wanted to ask you, forgive me if you already said this, but when you were preaching the other day at this church, you were talking about being conformed into the image of Christ. How were you received? How was the message received by the church? Well, you know, there was, there were one or two, maybe three people, kind of nodding, you know, and smiling and like, yes, and getting it and, and, and grateful, you know, the pastor afterwards just said, you know, he goes, you know, he said, thank you so much. It's like, you know, sometimes it's just such a blessing to, to be able to sit down and receive and be fed, you know, and he was taking notes and things like that. But when I was looking out, looking out, I just, I was just, it was, I was meeting kind of blank stares in a lot of people, you know, and that they, they weren't even getting what I was saying. And so, um, and, the, and this yeah. is a church that just ministers to really, it's a tent church, you know, in the mud across from the beach. And, you know, their whole entire ministry is to inmates and former inmates and addicts and homeless and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, that's where God showed me. It's like, gosh, these people have been run over by a train. You need to be gentle. You know, you need to speak truth and love. And, and um, you know, I, I yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> I could tell you that um, I really prayed about it. And it's like they needed encouragement big time. Yeah. Like, most of us. Yeah. So, you know, amen. So you're saying, Kathy, encouragement, is that correct? Yeah, that's what I felt, uh, encouragement and hope. You know, that's what I felt that that particular um, church before we he spoke, that they really needed to hear a good encouraging word. And, you know, it comes in many forms. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think the yeah. Word is, I think the word is exhortation, you know, yeah. because, you know, I, I think – I, I'm so, I've been so much into Jeremiah and Isaiah and the book of Nahum and, and Ezekiel. And, and, and I think that I'm just like, I, I feel and sound like an old Testament prophet sometimes. And, you know, but in the new Testament prophecy is more inclined to edification and exhortation. And I really wrestle with that, to be honest with you. But it's like when I stood in front of that church this weekend and spoke, it's like, I realized these people need like, they need a warning. They need to know how serious it is. They need to know, like, you, okay, your only hope of safety in anything at all is obedience. That is your that is your first and primary tool. And and the key to obedience is belief. And if you here. can't, yeah, here. And if you can't obey, if you can't obey, then your problem is unbelief, and wow. and that needs to be, and that, that needs yeah. to be addressed. Here first. That's the very first thing. Wait, yeah. God said, "Hear, O Israel," before He gave that command, the next commandment. Amen. Amen. You know, you two are talking right now. I'm seeing something in my spirit, and I, I know you're both on your way to the United States. I mean, you're already in Hawaii. I get that. 
but you're coming to the continental United States. You're getting ready to uh, set up camp in the uh, Tennessee area. And I, I just had this sense as you were talking, uh, when you, you've been away from the continental United States for a pretty good period of time, you've been in Honduras, you've been missionaries, you've been out there, now you're in Hawaii, you're going to come in this way. And uh, this may actually be a culture shock to you, and you may encounter what the words you're speaking right now, the deep spiritual resistance to such a legalistic thing that you're saying uh, by a lot of people in this country. I mean, you're walking into an environment, and I just feel maybe the Lord's just saying, you know, you know, prepare to encounter something that might be like somebody stepping in like one of those old movies where uh, the guy comes from the past and he steps into the world today and he's blown away by what's going on and like, oh, my gosh, um, and doing everything in his power to bring people back to a sense of reality, which may be your mission here. And uh, But I think you're going to find some culture shock when you come into this country. It's not um, what it used to be a generation ago. It is a totally different nation, and there have been such a ripping to shreds of the words of God and such a minimizing of the potency of the gospel that any form of potency is met with, you know, uh, and I'm talking about spiritual potency, not just somebody standing up yelling and, you know, hardcore stuff like that. I'm talking about the gospel that penetrates the heart that is not so welcomed in today's America. And you two may be actually encountering that when you get here. I hope not. I hope you find a more receptive crowd, but go ahead. I, I, I think you're right. <laughs> in the spirit, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, you probably, we've, I've been to a lot of places in the United States and the world, and I think Hawaii would probably be one of the, if not the best representation of what you just said. It is, yeah. it is hard. It is a hard, hard place to minister. You know, and people laugh sometimes when they talk about all the people that are called to Hawaii, but they um, <laughs> think they're called to Hawaii. But it's, this, is, um, this is the spirit of Babylon here. It is like people actually move here to be homeless because if you've got to be homeless, man, I'll tell you, this is the place to be. And, um, uh, yeah, so we totally yep. agree with that. I think the benefit of having gone on the mission field that has prepared us, you know, in some ways is that it, is that you have to become a cross-cultural minister. You have to understand things in terms of cultural paradigms and how different cultures are and how differently people think, think and see the world. And, uh, you know, and so I think being in, in, you know, we were the only Americans in the village that we lived in for the last two years. They, there was one group of Americans from the Peace Corps had been there years and years ago. But other than that, they had no contact with, with gringos from the United States. And, uh, you know, and so it was a learning experience for us and it was a learning experience for them. But, but um, yeah, we, we understand resistance and we know how to recognize the signs of it. And uh hopefully know how to negotiate it in a way that like brings glory to God. And, and uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, part of what, you know, it was God who put the specific people groups that we are called to serve or to minister to, to be a part of in community. And that was like the down low trodden, the inmates, you know, homeless, broken, um, broken addicts, you know, and, and because I just think that, if they could just flip over, repent, turn the other way, they're going to be really strong soldiers for God. Amen. And there might not be a lot of them that, that hear and receive the message, but 
but when they do, boy, they are so resourceful. They, you know, they know how to war. And I remember one time when I was ministering to the women in jail and, and it was kind of at the beginning of the ministry and I was there and I, and I did an altar call, you know, which I don't always do that there, but they all lined up. The Holy Spirit was moving and they were crying. So there was like 12 of them lined up and I went down each one and I prayed for them and I prayed, you know, that God would fill them with their spirit. And then, you know, things calmed down, and then I just said, welcome to the war, lady. You're on the side that's going to win, you know, and I don't know what's happened in their heart, but it's just like that, you know. It's like we're, gonna, we're in a war, and but, you know, the good news is we're on the winning side if you're with Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, look at yourselves. I mean, you guys have shared your testimony openly, and you have been on the other side deeply Mm -hmm. and here you are now totally born again warriors serving god saving souls i mean i mean your own testimony is uh, a testament to what you just said um and and you know the idea this uh, this is a question you know direction 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 what way should we go father what is the direction of our lives there are people listening right now and i actually believe there are some people listening right now that just heard what you said that uh, they are just stepping out of, um, you know, those tough experiences. They've transitioned in their faith to Christ. And now before them, here lies the land. And, you know, these are the fresh warriors that God needs to release uh, to begin to do whatever he puts in their heart to do. And they they need to be kind of uh, unleashed and they need to be released and to go and do what God has called them to do. And I think they're going to. I think it's going to be a very rich time. But uh, the world is such a different place right now, and yet we're still here um, in making decisions. Which way do we go? And uh, without the Holy Spirit, we don't know. And um, But we all have some pretty big decisions to make right now. And, and, and give you an example, and I'm kind of rambling here. Um, I've just recently been invited uh, by a television network, yesterday as a matter of fact, and they have invited me to be on a... 30-minute spot on the Now Network. I mean, Perry Stone and Graham and all the big boys are on it already. And uh, so I was invited to start a 30-minute broadcast broadcast of a uh, uh, cable television network. And Patricia and I were praying about it yesterday, and they want a decision today. Um, you know, and the question is, all right, do we go out and invest? And it's very inexpensive, 400 bucks a month, you know, and once a week you put your program on. It'll be Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern time, so 11 o'clock Central Standard Time or whatever that is. Yeah, I think uh, 11 o'clock here or 9 o'clock, whatever it is. So anyways, um, you know, and the question is, do we do that? Lord, is this the time to launch out into the deep and go, they have, I think they have a, a people, 236 million viewers on the Now Network and do we go out there and do we bring the, the information of what we've been talking about in preparation, get ready? Um, and, and what I'm thinking, it's so easy when we migrate into something, the forces of that thing can suck you into the way of their doing things. And uh, would we stand out in such a uh, different manner to tell people that, yeah, I know this may be a prosperity network, perhaps I don't know much about it. Um, but uh, is this the time to step out there and begin to really speak uh, the things that we've been speaking and to be able to bring this message onto it? And we're praying about it, and I'm asking for prayer, actually, 
uh, in my yeah. own way, just saying, man, we need to know which way to go right now. Or do we just go quiet, pack up the bags, get out of the way, uh, because things are coming and there's not much more that can be done at this point? Ah, oh, wow. Yeah, no, well, I'm just laying that out. Yeah, sorry. It, it sounds amazing, you know, and, and Kathy's nodding her head yes, and I'm I, – I, I guess – I, the first thing that came to my mind, right, and you'd have to pray about this, but yeah, I'm sure everybody knows who Lauren Cunningham is. He was a founder of, of uh, Youth with a Mission, YWAM. You know, their, their main training base is actually on, on Kona, on Big Island in Hawaii. And when we first got married, we were on our honeymoon, and we bought a book called Is That You, God, right? Is that the name of it? Yeah. And it's about hearing the voice of God. And he tells a story about just the different times that he'd heard the voice of God and, and how the ministry developed. And there was a point where they, he had actually had a cruise ship donated to him. People wanted to give it to him. And he just had this idea. He had already had this vision of, um, you know, wanting to, like, send, you know, sailing missions out across the world, you know, on yachts and things like that, I guess it was. But, um, you know, but – God really showed him. He said, you know, th- this is this is not my will. And so he turned down a free cruise ship <laughs> at the beginning of his ministry. And so, you know, I don't know if that if that speaks to you at all, but, um, you know, it's something to pray about, you know, because sometimes sometimes the best things that look like the biggest things that look like, wow, my, my gosh, 230. What is it? Million or thousand people you have? You know, you, million. Yeah. 236 million. You know what I mean? That's like, that's the majority of the population of the United States, you know, and it's like, wow, what an opportunity. And it might be an opportunity, but at the same time, you know, it's like the enemy is going to come along and he's going to, he's always going to tempt us, you know, with, with, with effectiveness in what seems most effective in worldly terms. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That sounds like a big old, um, blowhorn that God handed to you and and it's only 30 minutes a week so it's not going to take a lot of your time but to get the message that you have and what's on your heart a watchman on on the airwaves like that like I don't know I just feel like that's an amazing thing but I think it's something to pray about and like what are I don't know is it a contract and you know yeah they contract you yeah they contract and and the contract is only you know you got to do your part you pay your 402 dollars a month and everything will go smooth. Uh, and I'm thinking, well, if it begins, it'll begin on February 27th. And uh, that would give me one month to release uh, without any hesitation, um, you know, the call to prepare, to get ready for the things that we believe that God has revealed are coming, the things that already are. And so I don't know if that's what God really wants or not. And I appreciate the prayers. I really do, because um, I always feel like, you know, as we grow, you know, then I don't know. So, but it's really interesting, isn't it? Making decisions. Golly. Yeah. <laughs> making, right. And you guys are in the middle of making a huge decision right now. I mean, you, yeah. you decided, I mean, speak. A deadline. <laughs> say that again, Kathy. But we didn't have that deadline. That, that makes so much more pressure. That's what's weird about it. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to make it today. I've got to make that decision today and uh, send in the first little bit of money to make sure it happens. So, yeah, we'll just keep praying about that. And I would ask our listeners, please pray. Um, My wife and I look at Patricia and, you know, I love her spirit of caution. And I love that she doesn't just jump on every, you know, uh, thing. And um, we've been talking about it. This call came in yesterday 
and it seemed like a pretty good thing yesterday. Today, mm, so kind of just kind of wrestling just a little bit. Lord, which way do we go on this? Um, you know, I was, I, I just don't know. I'm not 100% sure, but I know you guys are going to pray and our friends are going to pray and we're going to come up with a real answer and we're going to go forward and do whatever God wants to do. And that's good with me. And Amen. Um, amen. amen. So what else do we talk about today? What's on your heart? <laughs> um, well, I just, um, I, I guess one of the things that, um, was was on my heart actually yesterday. I think it's Isaiah 57, where you know we're looking at um, some of the most righteous, incredible people, ministers of God. Um, uh, you know they're dying, and they're 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 dying of COVID, and 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 it's bringing a lot of confusion to a lot of believers. You know, and the Lord took me to Isaiah 57 yesterday, where. You know, just to paraphrase it, he's, he's basically saying that, you know, no one considers that that um, that the righteous that are taken away, that are dying, are are taken away so as to preserve them from what is coming. You yes. know, and, and, you know, and it's so there's, I think, and obviously the people that are left behind grieve when someone that has had meant so much to them in their lives dies. You know, the people that we love die. But then at the same time, it, it's like, we we shouldn't be surprised and it shouldn't it shouldn't disrupt our our belief and our faith in in god that he is doing you know his word isaiah 55 his word is going forth it is going to accomplish the thing for which he sent it period you know and and it's not dependent on 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 human beings we human beings are are given the opportunity and the joy of being able to participate in his plan but his plan is not dependent upon us he's not dependent upon any minister or any prophet or any any pastor or anything else like that you know god's going to do what he's going to do and we need to be encouraged by that and even though because i think in in the coming years we're going to see we might not be here you know we're going to see a lot a lot a lot of people that are going to pass into eternity. And, and if we get caught up in that and confused by it and, and begin to question God as a result of it, then there's a danger of falling away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you're, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about, and, and there are people are dying everywhere. We're, you know, it, it's, we say they're dying. They've always been dying, but it's so close around. We're hearing of people close and, you know, they're young, they're in their 60s. I mean, my gosh, people are leaders of mega churches. And we knew Ray Bentley, I mean, shook his hand in the store and it was a 10,000 or 8,000 seat. You know, he's dead. And you're right, people are dying. And so I'm thinking in one part of my soul, at the end of my life, I mean, at the end of my life, the only thing that matters is that the work of Christ that's been accomplished in my soul is genuine and real, and that the day I die, I want to awaken with him. I do not want to be one of the people that, hey, Lord, I did all these things in your name. He says, I never knew you. So that's my journey, and, and there's a tendency there. You know, I just want to play it safe, man. I don't want to make a mistake. And yet I know in the, in the parable of the talents, the guy that was playing it safe, oh, Lord, I took the two talents and I buried them. Here they are, okay? I, I didn't do anything because I was afraid, you know, I was playing it safe. And he really condemns them for that. So it's like one side of this moment that we're living in, every Christian should be maximizing their potential to go out and do everything they possibly can to radically transform and change the world in which we live. 
and yet there is, you know, a balance, but that balance can't stifle you. It's, it's a very unique period of time we're in right now. And to know the way, to know the journey, to understand it, uh, to me, is just absolutely phenomenal right now. I like the razor's edge. I'm, I'm like, well, I li- we live on the razor's edge, and uh, mm-hmm. we're ready, Lord. Which, which way? We'll do anything you want to do. And so, praise God and pass the ammunition. What else am I going to say? I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's so deep and so profound, yet it's so very simple in terms of how we're called to live. And it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 8, which I always go back to. It's, it's you know, you know, do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Depart from evil, fear the Lord, and it will be healing to your flesh and strength for your bones. And, and um, you know, it's the key is, again, on the mission field, the very, one of the very first things we learned, and it was just drilled into us, drilled in us, drilled in us in mission school, and that is everything begins and ends with intimacy with the Lord. You know, you've got to pursue him in the secret place. You, you pursue him in worship. You pursue him by studying his word. You've got to know him, you know, and, and that kind of touches on the, on this, this idea of like some, how people get frustrated with the repetition that we do this with, you know, giving the same words over and over again, saying here, 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 you know, but repetition is the mother of knowledge. And, and I think that, that one of the things I see in the body of Christ is that there's a lot, a lot of people who will hear teaching and agree with the teaching and adopt the teaching, you know, and, and when I ask them, okay, I hear what you're saying. I don't agree with it. Like you could, we go back to the pre-tribulation rapture. I hear what you're saying and I don't agree with it. And I can give you, I can give you my argument based on scripture of why I don't think that, that that's, that exists. And they can never give me an argument themselves. They can never go to scripture and cite scripture and say that because the word of God says this, I believe this. They always say, well, you should listen to so-and-so or you should read this book or, you know, here, here's this video. Listen to him. He does it much better than I am. And we're, we're in a time when we're in a time when we have got to, we have got to acknowledge him in all our ways and acknowledging him in all our ways means we know what, God has said and what God is doing. And the only way we do that is if, if we read the scripture ourselves, you know, when people come online and they listen to you teach in your Bible studies and in church or, or here on the broadcast, people need to get into their word. They need to go back and look at the scriptures and read them and understand them. And when you, you know, you understand something, a principle from scripture, when you can articulate it and back it up with the actual words of God. And if you can't do that, you're in deep trouble. You're in really deep, deep trouble yeah. for the times that are coming. Well, amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. And like Brian was saying, like, you know, go to the secret place and, you know, read his word and in prayer. But like, you know, the secret place, like for, for example, as a woman, it's like, you know, we're doing dishes, we're, you know, we're doing laundry, we're doing things around gardening or whatever. And it's like that I carry him wherever I go. And when Brian says, acknowledge he carries me where i go and <laughs> i don't care but um acknowledge him in all your ways that is walking in the spirit mm-hmm. yeah. as, as we are doing all these things these little tasks that don't seem important i walk with god all day i'm talking to him all day it's like Amen. you know i even talk, talk out loud but he is with me there's nothing that's hidden from him and he's like my best friend and and um it's just about relationship and um Check my heart, Lord. You know, I repent. And it's just a walking with him all the time. And, and uh, 
Then we have the trials, which, you know, we ha- we might have the word in us, and we might claim scriptures, but, like, is that really part of us? And and these trials that he says to count more precious than gold, your trial of faith, is to burn out all the dross and let that, is that really what's in you? Are you going to cling to that in your innermost man, you know, which it should be? And I just had a picture of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, this should be our attitude. Are we ready to walk into that fire, you know, with peace? Are we going to go the whole way, you know, with our Lord, you know? And um, and is that the kind of faith that we have? Do we have that peace? And do we know him that well and trust him and believe in his word that we'll just walk into that fire like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were ordered to do? And they found their Lord in there. <laughs> Amen. And as you're talking, you know, we're talking about trials, testings, temptations, uh, all these things that come upon us. Um, there's a biblical thought about opportunity in the midst of a crisis. And when we look out across mm-hmm. the, our nation and around the world, we see crises everywhere. And that's the Greek word crises that we connect to the word judgment. The English word judgment is the Greek word crises. It's where we get our English word crises. And God says that in the midst of a crisis, there's mm-hmm. opportunity. And so the opportunity, and we were talking about this last night in our Bible study, that, you know, God doesn't send us um, opportunities all beautifully gift-wrapped with a beautiful bow. Mm -hmm. A lot of opportunities he sends our way are the negative things that come into our life, these trials, tests, and temptations like you're talking about, because these, this is the crises, these things that look so negative, but that's the opportunity to respond to these things in the spirit, and by doing so, we get conformed a little bit more each time we do it the right way. And uh, that's powerful. So um, Mm -hmm. opportunity in the midst of a crisis. So what is the church doing right now in the crisis that has hit the nations of the earth in the last two years? What is the church doing? I've got a video of people that are in Washington, D.C. three days ago on Sunday, and they're anti-vaxxers, and they're holding up their signs, and they're in D.C., and they're marching by the tens of thousands. There's a lot of people there. Uh, they've got their banners, stop the vaccination thing. Um, and I was thinking, well, how, how wonderful that they weren't uh, intimidated to show up in their nation's capital, uh, you know, the we the people, and be able to protest peacefully the way that they did. Because what happened on January 6th was such an intimidating factor that you're not allowed to do this. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. all across the country, you know, it's crazy. But what opportunity, but I'm thinking, where's the church? Where's the church? Where are we? What are we doing? Okay, we're on radio, we're on television, we're on a pulpit. What what are we doing with this time that we have? Um, And, you know, just what are we doing? What opportunities do we have right now? What is the opportunity for the ecclesia at this time of crisis? Well, the opportunity is, is wherever persecution is, there the church grows, you know. But I, what I what I saw was while you were speaking there is just uh, just a vision of uh, the church in in Nazi Germany that that didn't necessarily turn against the Jews, but they didn't stick up for the Jews either. And which one of the reasons why Jewish people hate Christians with such a passion today. And and, and um, you know and, and you know I read an article where they were talking about the fact that. Uh, while they were loading their neighbors onto cattle cars, the Nazis were loading their Jewish neighbors onto cattle cars 
the uh, the church would actually turn up the volume of the worship so that they could so they wouldn't have to hear what was happening. And you know, I think that that is the best analogy for what I see of much of much of the church. You know, and I don't want to you know I don't want to for people that are listening, I don't want to sound like I'm just one of these like you know, anti-church, don't go to church haters, you know, and, and, and I'm not that, but it's just like, this is something we need to look at. We need to look and say, who are we? Because judgment comes first to the house of God and judgment is coming to the house of God. We're looking, you know, I think a lot of people are looking outward and seeing the judgment is coming on America, but well, judgment is, is coming on America in great to a greater and greater degree. And judgment is coming on the church. <clears throat> You're absolutely right about that. And uh, getting back to the, I've heard that story before where the church turned up the volume and they didn't want to know what was going on. We turn a blind eye. Um, and so this is part of wisdom right now to know, okay, the opportunity, the, the opportunity for the church. Is this a season for the opportunity of the church looking through a biblical lens at the signs of the times and seeing all these things that are coming? Is this the sign or the opportunity for believers to come out of her, my people, be ye separate, saith the Lord, touch not the unclean thing, come into your Goshen, get prepared to walk through a season, and uh, all these things going on in the world in the crises is your opportunity to recognize, or is it, and again, this is just kind of an analogy thing, or is the opportunity, now that there's a crisis, you know, break loose, get out there, get involved, and, and, and mix it up with the world, and bring the gospel, and bring... Which way do you go? And this is where wisdom is so deeply desired. And it can't be dependent upon my emotional state or, you know, the experience of one individual. Doesn't the Holy Spirit kind of navigate the entire church? And shouldn't the church, the one new man on the earth, the one body of Christ, one Holy Spirit be kind of directing us? And I know we all have different functions, but uh, what is the opportunity right now? Is it to escape the snare that's coming uh, by coming out, or is it to go deeper in and be that light and be that salt? Uh, what are your thoughts about that? I think I think escaping the snare is a, is a potential benefit, just like uh, you know going to heaven is a benefit of of being conformed to the image of Christ. But I think we need to we we need to uh, acknowledge Him in all our ways, and He will direct our paths. And and um, you know I think I personally. For, for us, where, where the Lord is leading us, is that, you know, we've always been kind of like in a parachurch capacity. We've been like forerunners and out from the main body of Christ and out in the wilderness. And, and we just feel this really strong call that we sense all across the body, you know, but, but then we could just be projecting it from us. And that is that we're being called to gather together you know there's been a, we've been in a time of scattering and, and and now we're in in you know the ecclesiastes three time to gather we need to come together and and so much of our witness during these times that are going to increase in their virility and intensity are are going to be you know our witness is going to be in the context of john 13 35 you know they will know we are his disciples by our love for one another you know, and when everyone else is losing their minds and going crazy, you know, if we're gathered together and we have the sound mind and we have the love and the power and we're carrying the peace that passes all understanding and, and people look at the world and they look at their circumstances, they're going to ask questions. They're going to wonder why, you know, and that is going to be the opportunity to, to really fulfill the Great Commission. You know, that's what I think the Lord is showing me. 
But, you know, at the same time, not everybody, you know, the body has many parts and functions in different ways, you know. And so it's like where God is calling one person, you, you know, there may be a, a typological John the Baptist out there who is just like they were, they're called to just go into the thick of it and preach the gospel. If that's where the Lord's leading you, that's where the Lord's leading you. The one thing that I think we need to really be careful of is like that Jesus said very, very clearly that, you know, he who tries to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for me will save it. And so whatever we're doing, we can't be doing it with the, uh, with the thought of, of, self-preservation being first and foremost in our minds any more than we should be thinking about me going to heaven is it should that should that be first and foremost in our minds you know we need to be we need to be pursuing him and intimacy with him and knowing that no matter what no matter what happens if we are walking in obedience to God that's the safest place that we can be and 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 that even if I die tomorrow, it will only be because it's my appointed time that God appointed, that God Himself appointed for me to die, and I'll dwell with Him forever, you know. And so I think that's I think that's the key. <clears throat> Which is really the best news of the world, Kathy. Did you have a comment to that? Well, I was just thinking of um, how uh, you know Jesus said, "Don't go here or there." Like, oh, He's over here, He's over there. But and then the scripture, "Walk in the Spirit." And so some of us are looking like, what should we do? But, you know, he said to walk in the spirit. That is step by step. Mm -hmm. That means a lifestyle. That means the way you you think, the way you breathe, the way you do, moment by moment, you Mm -hmm. know, holding his hand. And um, it's a, it's a, in the natural, we'll call that just natural life. But like, but he's calling us into a supernatural life because of the paradigm shift of believing and walking in the kingdom principles you know, in miracle signs and wonders that follow the preaching of the word and to have the word inside of you to be alive, you know, it's quick and alive and um, sharper than any two-edged sword. And, and I think it's, it's our walk and it has to start with, you know, ask yourself, you know, Lord, am I letting you be Lord of my life or am I just looking at you as my savior to go to heaven? And it's like, what would you like me to do? And, seems like we keep saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it's okay. It's okay. And by the way, Pastor Denny, if you're out there listening, I didn't talk to Brian at all, <laughs> and he'll know exactly what I'm talking about um, in our conversation, which leads me, by the way, uh, to open up the telephone lines. If you're out there today and you have a question or comment, maybe you can help us in our broadcast. We've got a good 30 minutes to go. Uh, maybe you'd like to share a thought, an idea. You want to bring something to the table. You want to put it out there. Uh, make sure you call in 818-369-0326. That's 818-369-0326. If you're already there at 818-369-0326, just press 1 on your dial pad. We'll bring you right into the broadcast. Uh, maybe you could ask a question to Brian and Kathy. Uh, we have so much going on. I mean, there's we, we have so many different, you know, ways to view things, and wisdom is to know. Wisdom is to know. And uh, we need wisdom, and we pray, God, for wisdom and discernment to really know, uh, because quite frankly, it appears, maybe in our own lives as well, that we're all just scratching the proverbial surface of the depth of God, you know, the fullness of God. You know, what would Jesus do if he were living here right now on this earth at this time? Uh, How would the apostles be living right now? What would they be doing? I mean, Peter... 
you know, he was saying, hey, welcome to the end of the world, guys. Uh, the, the world as you know it is about to change. The end of all things is at hand. And I know he was urgent in his letters to get the people ready. And uh, it was very exclusive and it was very uh, private and it was very uh, internal of the body of Christ about you're here in this sin sick world and you need to get ready for what's ready to happen to go through this time. Um, kind of, you know, just the wisdom to know, the wisdom to know. So waiting for your call, 818-369-0326. Press one on the dial pad and we'll bring you right into the conversation. Um, and let's take a look. Uh, a couple of comments on the chat room, Brian and Kathy. Uh, Lauren Volkanen says, have you ever looked into Bill Gates, what he's trying to do? Uh, I had a video on my own Facebook, but they took it off, where Bill Gates is trying to kill off a lot of black people. And when you take all three shots, they end up dying. And that's what's happening now. People are dying because they took all three shots. Where did that go? Uh, took all three shots. Oh, I haven't took any. I'm scared to. I keep on asking God in the name of Jesus Christ to give me something saying should I take the shots for the buyers or not? So my face is very strong. And, and it'll be nice, Lauren went on to say, uh, if you can look into this, please, and what's going on with Bill Gates, supposed to be the richest man of America. I know Jesus said Richmond will fall down and a new one will come. Well, when is he going to fall? He's trying to kill people. That's not right. If you notice, most of the population are dying black. My brother died from covid they say, but he had pneumonia before he left the house and he was awoke. And all the Sunday said we couldn't go see him. He's in a coma and all this stuff. So, uh, Lauren Volkening, number one, thanks for the, uh, the chat. Thanks for sharing your story and your brother's story. May God truly have mercy on his soul. And I pray and trust that he believed in Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, you know, in the last days, evil men will get worse and worse, right, Brian? I mean, this is how it works. Should we expect? that the good people of this country are going to go in and turn these wicked people and these evil people and remove them, or are evil men going to get worse and worse and good people are going to sit back and do nothing? Is that the time we're in? What a sign of judgment that would be. How would you respond to the text of Lauren? Yeah, I would say I, I, I have heard. In fact, I've been saying for years about that person. I don't want to mention his name too much because it will get us you know, kicked off different, different venues. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, definitely it's, um, he made his money created, creating a, a, an operating system and then that that can get viruses and then created the software that would defend against the viruses. And he's made millions of dollars and he's made millions. He's made a lot, a lot, a lot of money. I forgot how many billions of dollars he's made, you know, on, on, on vaccines. And he's been, uh, you know, he's, he's, he is, I guess there are arrest warrants in some countries for him. Uh, Africa is really just like, they know better than anything, you know, about the experimentation that's been done. You know, people, people listen to things like that and they're just like, oh, come on, Brian, that's just like such a conspiracy theory. But, you know, we have to look at the history of what, what, the, the, uh, what Big Pharma, for lack of a better term, has done in, in all around the world, you know, and you can look at the Tuskegee uh, a syphilis experiment in Tuskegee, Mississippi, I think in the 1950s, where they actually injected black men with syphilis just to, and didn't treat them just to see what would happen, you know? And then they did the same thing in, in Guatemala, 
you know, so we have a reputation around the world for our sorceries, you know, which we're going to be judged for because pharmacia, the word we get pharmacy from is actually means sorcery. And, um, and, and, and so that's what we're dealing with. And that person has got like, he's very involved in black magic. His, his spiritual mentor is a Satanist, you know, she does art and as with body parts and, and this thing called spirit cooking, where they're like, you know, they make a cake out of a, in the shape of a body and then they eat it. And it's just some really, really crazy stuff. And he was, uh, you know, he's been got all kinds of photographs and connections with Epstein and that whole crew, you know, in his secret Island. And, and so there's all kinds of crazy stuff, but so here's the danger in all of this, right? We know, we know that we're dealing with the spirit of antichrist, right? And so, it's so easy to get consumed and wrapped up in the drama thinking that if we just, uh, that if we understand it enough that we're, we're somehow we're going to get a revelation and be able to protect ourselves or whatever it is that we think. But, you know, there's a saying, curiosity killed the cat. And, and here's one of the things that I believe that the devil, one of his main strategies is, and that, that is, he is, he wants us focused on sin in some way. And it doesn't matter how that focus manifests, right? You, we may be focused, struggling with our own sin, trying not to sin. Oh, God, deliver me from this addiction, this pornography, this whatever it is that people are wrapped up in. The other thing is, is um, people that are just loving their sin and they're just consumed by it. That's just as good. You know, then there's the people that are living in shame, that, that think that they're so bad, that they're just such horrible things and not even God can save them. And they don't come to the they won't come boldly to the throne of grace for help in, in their time of need. And, and, and then the other thing is just, it's the mystery of iniquity, right? Which is, it's endless, it's infinite. We'll, we can never know it, we can never understand it. And so it's really easy to get sucked into just curiosity of like, how, what are these people thinking? What are they doing? What's their plan? Where's it going? You know, what's going to happen next? And, and it's kind of like getting sucked into a soap opera or one of those crazy, you know, series, uh, binge series that people watch on Netflix. And but what we need to understand is that, is, that, is that what is focal is not always causal. And what is focal, the idea that what is focal is causal is what uh, advertisers and the media, the news and everything else uses to manipulate us through their narrative. And that is they direct our focus in one area, right, to one thing. And we, and they just keep drilling it and drilling it and drilling it and, and keep us focused on it and thinking about it and obsessing about it. And we think that that is what's the cause of everything. That frees them up to do what it, whatever it is they really, really want to do. And there was a, I forgot this, I think it's, is it Leonardo Machiavelli? I don't know if I have the first, the first name right, but he wrote a book, The Prince, back in, I don't know, the, the second century. I mean, the second millennium, at around 1400, 1200, something like that. But it was basically about how princes could manipulate their population and gain control, you know. And the idea was that, that you would always, like, get the people focused on one thing, you know, get them obsessed with what's happening with some crisis or something else like that. And then you move over and then you do what it is that you really want to do. And so, you know, it, it's um, yes to everything that, that – the, the, the writer of that comment said, yes, I've known about it for a very long time. And I had a lot of people actually persecute me and, and, and Christians, believing, professing Christians, saying that is a wonderful man who's going to help the world. And there was a Bethel uh, 
prophet named uh, Sean, Sean, what's his name? Bolts, I think it was. And we listened, he was interviewed on Christianity Today, and he actually gave a prophecy that Bill Gates was going to save the world. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's craziness. It's absolute craziness. And the more we get entangled in it, the more confused we get. So just understand that, yes, that is a manifestation of evil. And we can only put our focus, 100% of our focus on one thing at a time. And we can't, like, be focused on the devil and focused on Christ at the same time. Yeah, what an answer. And I think for uh, the, the, the writer of the comment, I think what needs to be known is that uh, while, yes, there has been experimentation on the black community in Africa and in other places around the world, it has been going on forever. But I think we're moving into a time where one should not think it's just against them. Uh, you know, we feel people that supported the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, feel like we're being persecuted because we stood by a man that was uh, going to support the value of the Constitution and the morality and, a, you know, what uh, the principles of American society once were to bring back some normality, stop the abortion. So we get persecuted for one different way after another. You're not alone. And I think what you said earlier, Brian and Kathy, about the gathering together season, I think it's imperative that people gather together. And yet there's something in the spiritual atmosphere that's resistant to that. People are afraid to do that. They're afraid to gather together. And when they do, uh, sometimes at best, it's very shallow. It's very, uh, you know, transient and the idea of internal uh, integration of the spirit that is knit together, hearts knit together into an eternal union, you know, that is very important to a lot of people. They've been afraid of it. But maybe uh, Father God and the Holy Spirit will help the body of Christ begin to come together. The enemy has been successful at dividing first, dividing conquer. He's done a masterful job of it. And those that have survived this Holocaust – uh, in our generation that are still alive and remaining at this moment, it's huge that we really do understand. We need to have compassion on everybody and uh, to have the more people that call upon the name of Jesus. What disturbs my heart, quite frankly, is when these young men, we watched in 2020, 2021, uh, young men and women, most of them, raging through the streets, burning buildings, burning cars, burning uh, you know businesses and destroying they were all doing it for the wrong people. They were doing it for the Bill Gates. They were doing it for the, the Bidens and the Pelosi's and the Schumer's and the Obamas, the people that really don't have a, a, you know, a, a value system for life. They, they would just as soon murder innocent babies in the womb and murder birth in general by promoting homosexuality. You can't have a baby in that idea. So to get these young people that have a lot of energy and hormones moved in a direction to rage to support the people that are killing them. That's what's really bizarre. And, um, you know, and, and the people that are more right, they just refuse to get up and, and rage back. And there is no rage back. And so people gather together on January 6th. There's no rage in their hearts like we saw in comparison to 2021 and 22 and all, or whatever, 2020. And, um, and yet they're demonized, and it's just the culture we live in. It's the times we live in. And so to really navigate through this moment is, you know, huge. So, all right, so we're waiting for your call, 818-369-0326. Maybe you have a, a conversation going on and something you'd like to share with Brian and Kathy. Um, anybody else out there? So, Brian, Kathy, your thoughts? Well, 
you know, when we were in church um, last Sunday, we were in the second row from the front, and a, a woman that was there previous Sundays had brought her daughter to church, and she was standing up. She, they were sitting there, and um, and then uh, during worship, you know, we had a word for her, and a lady came and laid hands on her, and she started crying, and the Lord gave me a word for her. This was all during worship, and uh, apparently, you know, and she was, and she put her hands up, and the, her hands never went down through the rest of the worship, but she had been probably diagnosed with something because they were talking about praying for her about with chemotherapy and that she would come through, but she hadn't been to church for a long time, and so obviously this is a, a trial, you know, with her health, and look what happened. She came to church. She's crying out to God, and, and she, she had the glory of God all over her, and I don't think, I think we shouldn't wait for the, that's how God, see, that's the trial of our faith, you know, it brought her to God, and I bet she's going to be there next Sunday, and closer to God, because that's all she could have, everything looks like when you get a death sentence on your health, you know, nothing matters except for, you know, your creator at that moment, like, where am I going, and all that stuff, so I think it's, you know, we can bring ourselves and on our own, to the altar and just say, okay, Lord, check me, what, you know, and surrender to him, surrender everything instead of waiting for these crises, but it's God's mercy, these crises that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember Kathy said, I remember Kathy said in, uh, when, when 9-11 happened in 2001, she said that, you know, this, this is God's mercy. This is God's mercy. This is not, you know, it, it, it's judgment, but it's it, but it's also his his mercy is in his judgment sometimes because it's a wake up call, and a lot of people come to him in the midst of the crisis, and so I think that is that's the real function for us in the body of Christ. That's the function of crisis of God's judgment. It's it's to just tell people, look, you're running out of time. You're running out of time, and and exactly what you're doing with your ministry. Well, you guys are awesome. What I hear is the compassion that you both have for the people that are hurting, and that's what I would have needed, and that's what I did need 40 years ago, uh, to know the love of Christ, to be being so broken, so, you know, just so empty of anything of usefulness, and to find out that we're not a bunch of, you know, trash uh, laying around the earth, and that the rich men are the better men and all that stuff, uh, that every human life has the potential for the glory of God to come into it, to ignite it, and to bring it into eternal life, that the momentary pressure and, 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 and hardship of here on earth, the vapor that you talked about, Brian, will be met with eternal glory. I mean, that's huge. And for anybody that's down, anybody that's hurting, anybody that feels that way, you know, when people like yourselves go into their life and share the love of Christ and are willing to touch like the Samaritan, you know, the religious people walk on the other side of the road. They don't want to get their hands dirty and all that stuff. Uh, you know, that's, that's just so, so sad. As a matter of fact, there's a man calling in right now. He's a brother in the Lord. And uh, here's a man that has been uh, in and out of some things himself and has, fe- and has found the tender mercies of God. Let's take this call and say good morning to our brother, Mark. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. you have a question or comment or something to say for Kathy and Brian? Oh, good morning, Pastor V, and good morning, Kathy and Brian. Brian and Kathy, hello, everybody. Hello. Good morning. I did not have a question, but I certainly do have a couple of comments. Um, 
You know, it occurs to me that belief and faith are true gifts from God. They're gifts. They're not automatic, and they are not, they're not obvious. Uh, it, it takes a lot of, gosh, it's almost hard to say. It, it's hard to describe, but it takes a lot of guiding and instruction and behind-the-scenes piloting by the Holy Spirit for a person to come to faith and to come to belief. Unbelief is so rampant, and we all, you know, we do understand how horrible unbelief really is. There, you know, a long time ago, I read a story, and I don't remember the particulars, and I apologize for that, but I read about a, a, an indigenous native tribe of peoples on a continent. I don't remember which continent. It might have been the South American continent. It might have been the African continent. And Brian, if this reminds you, and if you have any knowledge about this tribe, then please do chime in. But I read about a tribe of people who were psychologically and societally unable to conceive of the future. They were not able to, they were not able to understand that the future could bring change. And anything that happened to this tribe of people, they always understood and they always thought that that was the way it would always be. And they had some horrible misfortune happen to them. I think they were invaded by another country and put into jail or put into concentration camps. And because they could not conceive of a future and they could not conceive of a change, they just thought and they understood and they knew that this situation they were in, the jail, the concentration camp, was it. They were never going to get out. It was never going to get any better. And these people just gave up and died. They gave up hope. They had no hope for a future. They died. They ceased living. They, their hearts stopped beating and they stopped breathing because there was no hope. To be quite honest, Christians who have so much unbelief still living in their hearts and so much lack of faith, they remind me of these native indigenous peoples who died because of lack of hope. Faith and trust and hope, these are gifts from God, and I just feel horrible for people, especially Christians who cannot avail themselves of these gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I myself, you know, lived in that space for a long time. As Pastor mentioned, you know, I've been through some stuff and come out the other side. Thank you, Lord God. And it's only been by faith and hope and trust and belief that I was able to survive those events. So my prayer is for for Christians and non-Christians, believers and non-believers alike, that somehow in these last days, the horrible layers of masking of unbelief and distrust will be stripped away somehow, supernaturally. 
You know, Satan is really smart. Satan has really figured out ways to ensnare human beings and to strip away trust and to strip away faith and to strip away belief. Uh, I think we are going to be seeing a big falling away because of how active Satan has become lately. And of course, that's, that's provided for in Scripture. We do know that, and so we can expect it. That's it. That's all I have to say. Amen. Brian, Kathy, any comments to that, what you just said? I couldn't agree more. I've always said the, the greatest miracle that is overlooked in, um, and, and it's what um, angels marvel at is belief. The fact that anyone who not seeing would believe, you know, and it is the most powerful thing. And faith is, at, it says right in, in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, that faith is a gift, right? And we're saved by grace through faith, so, which is a gift so that no one may boast, right? And so, um, yeah, absolutely, 100%. And a lot of people need to really go back to these very, very basic roots and ask God, like, where do I stand in my belief? Amen. Yes, Amen. Well said. Hey, guys, I'm so sorry. They're giving us the 90-second mark here, and it looks like we need to uh, get running. I've got one more call coming in real quick. Mark, thanks for sharing your thoughts. They are profound, and we appreciate them very, very much. Uh, real quick, area code 605-695, you're on the air. If you have a question or comment for Kathy or Brian. Good morning. This is more of a comment than anything, and that is, is um, – Hitler rose, and a lot of people ended up were sucked in, believing one way or the other, and this and that. And right now, I feel that we have uh, people talk about the Antichrist and this and that coming and this and that. But right now, I feel we have a lot of little Hitlers coming. And as far as they're raising up in politics, they're raising up in the natural, they're raising up in the financial and that and so i mean we are to the point where we're struggling to keep afloat you might say throughout the united states as well as the world because this isn't just one place and so i feel that like bill gates and a few of them i picture them as little hitlers coming up in the powers yeah and god doesn't seem to be stopping them um, okay, with that said, Brian, Kathy, a final word, because I know that they're going to shut us down here any second now. And thank yeah, you for your I, comments, Ken. We appreciate it. Also, we, we also completely agree. In fact, I, I, I had a, just a thought at one point. I don't know if it was a revelation or a thought, but that the beast that re- received a wound to his head and, and then came back to life seems to be uh, kind of like the Nazi empire, the spirit that was, that was behind, the Antichrist spirit that was behind the Nazi em- uh, regime. They wanted to be an empire, but, but the Nazi regime. And I think I see that same spirit manifesting itself again in little Hitler. So I absolutely agree. <clears throat> Amen. And this time, rather than just in a singular place over at a part of the world, uh, we have more of a global reality happening right now. And that's where this is all going. So great conversation, Brian and Kathy, as always, God bless you. When are you making your transition again? Is it like the first week of February you guys are coming? Target date is the end of February. So The end of February. Okay. All right. Well, God bless you and your journey, and, and we love you both very much. Enjoy yourself while you're there. Stay in the protective hedge of Almighty God, and we'll look forward to talking with you again real soon. We love you both. Amen. Love we you love God. you guys, too. We'll be praying. Yeah, we'll be praying for Thank your decision. You. Bye. Thank you. 
All right. Very good. Shalom, everybody. All right. So on Blog Talk Radio, we finally have uh, we've come and finalized our conversation on Blog Talk uh, for everybody on YouTube and Facebook. Thanks for joining in today. Thanks for your prayers. Um, Again, we live here today. And what are we doing every day? We're listening to the word of God. We're listening uh, as we're studying the word of God and we're seeing that as a lens to look at the world through. Um, we're seeing things given interpretation to them, and everything we see, everything we hear, all that is taking place, more than we've ever seen. I mean, there's so much more that's going on. It's not just about getting a new news story to, you know, add to the mix. There's a reality of a spiritual transition taking place. There is a reality of a spiritual warfare that has been raging since the beginning of time, and man fell under this very moment in time. It's going to another level at this moment in which we live. I mean, we are going into a level of spiritual warfare and we must be fully equipped, fully armed, and know that we have the victory and through our faith, again, what an incredible reality that is and how does faith come by hearing the word of God. So uh, we're gonna let it sit here for today. We'll see you tomorrow with bells on. We'll look forward to um, talking with you tomorrow and hopefully we'll be able to report what decision we made today thanks for your prayers and by the way if you would be willing to support this ministry financially we would certainly appreciate that for those of you that do may god bless you richly and uh, until we meet again this is pastor benjamin listening to the watchman and right now you could go to omegaradio.org 24 hours a day seven days a week we have some great music flowing for you right now until we meet again shalom and god bless everybody Amen. And by the way, just real quick before we go, somebody just tapped me on the shoulder and said, you need to do this. So if you would like to support this ministry, you can go to what it says on the website, omegaradio.org, and you can press the donate button to this ministry. That's omegaradio.org. If you would like to send a gift to this ministry, you can send it to P.O. Box 100, which is in Decatur, Arkansas. That, too, is on the screen, P.O. Box 100. Decatur, Arkansas, 72722. We deeply appreciate your giving and your willingness to give to this work. There was one other way someone said you could give, um, and I thought this was awesome. If you're on your phone, you could text 41088-OMEGA, all letters and numbers together, 41088-OMEGA. And it's all lowercase in the omega. And then you just type in the word give, and it takes you to this course where you can give online. And uh, we are so very thankful that you are willing to support this ministry. We trust that we're sharing with you things that are intrinsic to your life, are valuable. And we're trying to bring both the word of God and world events and putting it all together so we're not ignorant of the signs of the times. And uh, it should be a pretty amazing ride. We're already in January 26th today. The month of January, we're a week away from going into February and then March, and we'll see where everything goes. We're still in the year of pack your bags, get ready, transition time is here, and only God knows what level is going to rise. I think we're going to see a major shift around April into some mild uh, persecution that was going to begin to break out more than what we've already seen, and if you're paying attention, you do know that there is a wrestling match for the vaccination thing just as the Spirit of the Lord said, and there, will, there are already those individuals being persecuted for their stance um, and not willing to be vaccinated. So we witness these things uh, because we want to understand what God is saying. Um, 
that's it for us right now. We have one comment coming in. Let me make sure that I say goodbye to everybody out there. Um, blessings to Lauren. Blessings to everybody that tuned in today. We'll see you tomorrow. This is Pastor Vincent Xavier. Shalom. God bless you. Stay in the Word. Get the Bible study tonight. That's what you got to do. We'll see you on the air tonight.